All right. Welcome, welcome in. I'm a little bit nasally going through some cold and sinus, but we have a great episode for you today. Super producer's favorite. It is a redraft of the 2023 rookie class. Uh, we had some shockers, some absolute shockers value-wise. Just wanted to give our opinion on where we find players. Uh, it's a little bit dicey towards the back half of this class. So just wanted to give our two cents to all the listeners out there. And as I'm saying this, I know Mr. Max just had a big deal. He is smiling ear to ear. He won't be that happy on the episode, but he's happy right now. We're so excited to have you in uh, for this episode. Thank you again for listening. Follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Monarchy, D-Y-N-A-S-T-Y-M-O-N-A-R-C-H-Y. Let's go. Why, hello there, my fellow kings and queens. Welcome to the Dynasty Monarchy podcast where you will learn how to rule over your dynasty league for years to come. Now, allow me to introduce you to your hosts. Here we go. Episode number 122 of the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast. Whoever you may be, however you may be listening, Apple Podcast, Spotify, welcome, welcome in. I am a little under the weather, uh, so my voice might not be as crystal clear or... or uh, radio-like to all you out there. I have a little bit of a sinus infection, but I'm going to power through. I'm going to still be the host of the show. We got the guys back on. Super producer and Mr. Max are on the podcast. They're up in Believe Land. I am in dirty Jersey. Gentlemen, we had a great weekend of football, probably the best weekend of football we've had in almost a year's time. And I would like to say that anyone who is faithful to the Bay, you got bailed out, and I hope the Lions roll you over next week. Yeah, I mean, they did get bailed out. The Packers played well. Um, I, I think given the A lucky the interception Packers, and then a horrible interception, so. Yeah, I mean, given the age of the Packers, though, man, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with for quite some years to come, so. Um, I mean, I'm, I think I'm in on Jordan Love now. Mr. C? So this isn't really a reaction to uh, the game, so I'm sorry, PJ, I'm kind of usurping your, your question here. but You're allowed to. For the final four, I feel like who like who who do you guys like? I feel like I still like the Chiefs to win it all. What do you guys like here? It goes back to the old Tom Bradyism that they used to talk about where if it's the playoffs and you bet on Tom Brady and you lose, then you say, Okay, I bet on Tom Brady, it's okay. But if you bet on the opposing team that was playing Tom Brady and Tom Brady won, there was no excuse for you to lose that bet. Like you would just get hammered. So I want to take the Ravens. I want to take the Ravens with the points. Like I think the Ravens really go and squash them like a bug, but I just can't do it. So I'm going to abstain. Uh, I, I just, I think it's the Ravens and then it's going to be the lions hopefully. And then I don't care who wins, but Lord knows my reality is going to be chiefs Niners. I'm going to have to root for my homes to get three. I, yeah, I think I, um, it's pretty common that I disagree with you, Pete, but I'm going to disagree with you again. Um, I, I know you're battling illness and that might make you sick in the membrane, but um, I, I think that the the Ravens do squash them. I really do. And? And I think the 49ers destroy the Lions. So it's going to be one seed versus one seed two years in a row? Yeah, I, I sadly do think so, Pete. I, I, I wish it wasn't. I, I think then that the 49ers do get a Super Bowl. I think it's written in the cards, so. If, if I see, and I, I want everyone out there to hear me and, and truly know that I, I honestly believe this and, and feel this way in my heart. If I see Brock Purdy's, Brock Purdy's little tiny baby hands hoisting the Vince Lombardi trophy, I think I might never watch football again. That would be the biggest disgrace to that trophy that there ever has been. I'm sorry. You can label me a hater. All the people from San Francisco can tell me to go kick rocks, but watching him play, and if he wins the Super Bowl, it's going to make me want to vomit. Now, Pete and Mr. C, I know we're both uh, into betting, right? Yeah, great. Mr. C's shaking his head no. I think he's retired, I guess. Um, some fun bets that I have. I really think the 49ers win the Super Bowl. I think that you could. I got a $5 wager to win 400 on Nick Bosa, Super Bowl MVP. I think a scoop and score could do that. And then I got a five to win 300 on Debo. If Debo goes nuclear for a Debo kind of game for three touchdowns, you never know, man. I don't know. If, are... if 
if Matt Stafford didn't win the Super Bowl MVP and they gave it to Cooper Cup, then it probably won't go to Purdy. But let's let's just not live in that reality. Let's not do it. Super producer, who do you like for the rest of the playoffs? I still think I like the Chiefs, honestly. You know, like you said, I mean, you pick them until they're you're proven wrong. I mean, they this is probably not the best Chiefs offense, but I mean that defense is legit. Who knows, man? Crazier things have happened. The Taylor Swift powers feels like have been with them the whole season. So I I can't really bet it's, against it. It's all going to come down to Chris Jones versus Lamar. And if he can keep contain that defensive line for the Chiefs, if they keep contain, I think they win. Because if you force Lamar to throw the ball, especially with how great the corners are for the Chiefs this year, like Legereus Sneed just let up his first touchdown last week. And Trent McDuffie's one of the best slot corners in the league. Like, I think it's going to be a battle. I think it's going to be closer, but then like inside, like my, my heart of hearts thinks that Baltimore is just going to run them over. But again, there's nothing wrong with betting on Mahomes. Then you win no matter what, if you win the bet, you win. And if you lose the bet, you say you bet on Mahomes. Yeah. I'd be so sick if I see the Ravens win the Super Bowl. honestly, again, I, I just don't want to see it, man. I'm a hater. All right, before we get in, wanted to give a quick shout out to our Twitter page at Dynasty Monarchy, D-Y-N-A-S-T-Y-M-O-N-A-R-C-H-Y over there on Twitter. Super Producer has been putting some trades together that have gone through in our leagues, want to gauge value, see how our league is stacking up against yours, and just helping everyone out there maybe find a trade that they think can go through in certain leagues. It's a lot of fun. Super Producer also keeps us up to date on player values, X, Y, Z, over there on the Twitter at Dynasty Monarchy. Dynasty Monarchy, sorry, D-Y-N-A-S-T-Y-M-O-N-A-R-C-H-Y. Let's get into reports. All right, this week we're going to be doing just head coaching hires for the vacancies. As of this moment, uh, about an hour ago or two, we found out that Raheem Morris is going to be not only the former head coach of the Falcons, but now the current. He, this is his second stint as the Falcons head coach. First it was interim, then he goes to Los Angeles. Now he's back again. Gentlemen, what do we think about Kyle Pitts, Bijan, Drake London, all these assets that have been begging, dying, screaming, clawing for an offensive-minded head coach just to get Raheem Morris? I think there's a silver lining. Truthfully, I don't care. Uh, who the head coach was. Um, believe it or not, they're still going to call plays. They're still going to know. Anyone's better than Arthur Smith. Um, sure, it would be nice to get like a Sean McVay or a, a guy that has an offensive mind like Kyle Shanahan, whatever it might be. Um, but that's not how the cards played. And Tomiko Ryan, you can look at that situation last year and say, oh, he was a defensive mind head coach. And then you look at Stroud. So I really think if they can get a quarterback this offseason like Fields, Kirk, Russell Wilson, draft somebody like Jane Daniels. I don't know who it might be, but anyone's going to be better than a whatever combo they had, Taylor Heineke, Desmond Ritter. So you get rid of Desmond Ritter and Taylor Heineke, you get rid of Arthur Smith. The value of those, all those guys you just mentioned, Pete, can only go up. Yeah, I agree. I think I'm, the main thing here, like you said, I mean, D'Amico going in and Houston, you know, defensive-minded guy, He's not the one calling plays, right? So there's still another domino to fall in Atlanta here to see who they get in for offensive coordinator. There's a handful of guys out there that could be difference makers. I know that they were looking at uh, the Houston offensive coordinator to be their head coach, but maybe he'll get another opportunity somewhere else. I, that's the bigger one for me. This I this head coaching signing doesn't really do too much for me other than, like you guys said, I mean, other than just getting Arthur Smith out of the building and hopefully just getting the play calls in somebody else's hands. So, I mean, that's all you can ask for. Yeah. I think something that people overreact to is he's a defensive coordinator, but he's coming from a great offensive scheme and system. So something that I'd look at is um, you want to look at Dan Campbell coming from Sean Payton's line and taking Ben Johnson with him, Ben Johnson, a good play caller because of his tutelage under, Sean Payton in that system. Uh, and it's things like that where maybe there won't be prolonged offensive greatness for the Falcons, you know, like Andy Reid and the Chiefs uh, or Shanahan XYZ. But 
over the next year to two years, there will be a definite window for you to almost three X on player values. So something that I did want to mention, there's a counter argument to that with what happened with the Jets. Robert Sala, defensive coach, comes over from San Francisco, brings Matt LaFleur, no, Mike LaFleur, Matt LaFleur's little brother. And everyone comes out and says, oh, you know, next wonder kid. And the offense stunk. And the offense didn't stink because of LaFleur. It stunk because the Jets are the Jets. And when LaFleur got fired, he was the offensive coordinator in Los Angeles this season. And he will get head coaching noms next year. I can almost guarantee that. So we just know that maybe sometimes it's not the coordinator. It's the structure of the team. So don't just buy in because you think they're coming from a good system or a good scheme. You also have to make sure that the fit is right. If there's no good quarterback there, I would stay away from these assets. If they don't get a quarterback, you have to sell on hype. Uh, but if they get a quarterback, especially with a probably better offensive coordinator than most teams have coming from that McVay system, I think it's easy time to double, maybe even triple value by the time the season's over next year. It's it's insane, like the discrepancy that you could get, like even Drake London to a guy like Jalen Waddle. Like you can, I tried, I almost got Jake, Drake London in first for Jalen Waddle. I think you can get that to go through. Um, I mean, Kyle Pitts to Sam Laporta. I, I feel like you're going to have to add like two first at this point, which is crazy because they're both 23 years old. Um, so I mean, like if Kyle Pitts goes out and puts up a huge year, he's going to be worth just as much as Sam Laporta. So. He always is going to be worth more than Sam Laforta, right, Max? I feel like to, to everybody, that's always the hope. I can't, I can't get off the train, man. I, I go down the well every night. It's it's a it's a terrible well to go down, but I do. All right, let's keep moving forward. Panthers, uh, the seemingly unhirable position has been filled. Dave Canales, former Bucks offensive coordinator. Uh, he also spent a couple seasons in Seattle. Young guy quarterback oriented guy took Baker Mayfield I wouldn't say far but definitely in a way that helped we look at Bryce Young this is the obvious uh narrative here that we're going to talk about super producer I want you to start first with the hiring of an offensive coordinator offensive minded guy that deals with quarterbacks what is Bryce Young's value now we're not going to project into the future but value now and are you buying yeah, I mean, I still feel like his values at a first. We were talking about it earlier today. Um, this but, is super flex leagues we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, and super flex for sure. And I mean, I would maybe buy in for a late first because, I mean, Bryce Young at Alabama was electric. Obviously, this past season was just a dumpster fire. I don't know. I To me, this is the best coaching hire that we've seen out of the group that we're going to talk about just because I mean Dave Canales he resurrected Geno Smith two seasons ago got comeback player of the year then Baker this year I mean Baker played all right but if I mean if you can get Bryce Young to do let's say 3,800 yards and like 25 touchdowns I mean Bryce Young's value is probably at least first and a second first and a couple of seconds after um after the season it would be so, way more probably two, so two and a half two two and a half man yeah i think it'll be hard though too because the the offensive pieces in carolina are there's just nothing there i mean they're gonna have to spend some money if they really want bryce to get this next step because jonathan mingo all these guys i mean they're not yeah. gonna be doing it there i think they're yeah. gonna stink next year i really think they might win a similar amount of gains uh just by like not intentionally tanking, but knowing that it's probably best if they don't win, uh, especially with not having many young pieces and they just can't go and light money on fire with free agency. I think signing Miles Sanders really hurt them because he's been trash and that's been known. But I feel like if they could go out and get a guy like Pittman, a guy like T, a guy like Nico Collins next year, one of Deontay pick like, there's a lot of wide receivers that are going to be hitting the open market, I feel like. I mean, T and Pittman, I think, are the biggest ones. Are those the two that Sauce wanted, Peter? Yeah. No, it was T and Calvin Ridley. T and Calvin Ridley. Okay, even if you get Calvin Ridley, whoever it might be, it's an upgrade. But then, I mean, I think Bryce Young right now, if you could get him for a first, 100% you have to do that. Like, 
he was pick 103 last year, probably in your super flex drafts. Like he went 101. They traded a hall for him. There's so much investment in him. And especially with this head coach and everything like that, I think he's going to go up. Mr. C. I do have a question for you guys then. So Bryce Young or the 107 pick this year in Superflex? Because I feel like that's kind of the tier drop off so far from what I've been seeing pre draft, um, where there's like that last guy. Maybe it's like Odunze or something like that. But what are your guys' thoughts on that? I'll take Bryce Young, who went number one overall. I think it's interesting. I think that's pretty fair. I'd probably go with the pick realistically and try to use that as an asset to move up further in the draft. But if we're just vacuum pick X or Bryce, I'll take Bryce. So I kind of gave you on the fence answer, but value wise, I'll take Bryce, but I would use the pick to try to move up and get a better quarterback prospect. You like to sit on the fence, Pete, but I got a hypothetical here. Mr. C, you asked a hypothetical, not really hypothetical, but let's say T Higgins, Peter, you're a T Higgins owner. Let's say T. Higgins goes to Carolina. Yeah. Good, bad. What's he worth? It's insane. It'd be awesome. It would be awesome if T. Higgins went there. It would be awesome if T. Higgins went anywhere and he was the wide receiver one. That That's the truth of the matter. Like, at the end of the day, this isn't DJ Moore on the Panthers. It's going to be an offensive-minded head coach that had Mike Evans and Chris Godwin being productive at older ages. T. Higgins is an elite receiver. Will he finish, you know, top 16? Maybe. I wouldn't bet on it. I wouldn't bet on it at all. But what I would bet is that he puts up 1,000 yards as a wide receiver one, and if the touchdown upside's there, he does. If the touchdown upside isn't, then he won't. I think that's a fair answer. Oh, no. Look, Max, I'm only fair. All right, let's keep moving forward. Harbaugh to the Chargers. I think everyone knew this one was coming. Harbaugh, Herbert. It's going to be a hell of a time there in Los Angeles. Gentlemen, what do we think about Harbaugh and bringing in uh, an offensive coordinator because Sharon Moore is probably going to stay at Michigan? I think it's a great move for Justin Herbert. I think one of the guys on Get Up said that this is like the best head coaching hire and he can turn Justin Herbert into Andrew Locke or something like that. I don't know. There's no excuses for the Chargers right now. There truly isn't. I mean, maybe he can even resurrect QJ's career. Who knows? But um, I like this hire a lot, and I think Justin Herbert, the sky's the limit for him. And Harbaugh is the most the head; he has the most winning percentage right now in the NFL history. So, guy's a winner, Mister C. Yeah, dude. I don't know how I feel about this hire. I mean, Harbaugh's obviously a good locker room guy, and shown that he can win at the NFL level. The Chargers, I do think that they're just going to be terrible again this next year. I mean, even depending on whoever they bring in. I mean, Kellen Moore seems to be you know, on the move so that it'll be interesting to see who they bring there. That'll be the main thing. I think my biggest takeaway from this, and I'll call it a lock right now, Blake Corum to the Chargers in the second round or the third round, lock it up right now. Yeah, that that's Harbaugh's guy. If he didn't have Herbert, he'd probably draft JJ too. So got a question for you. Now that we're just playing hypotheticals, because why not? Because this is the the off season, you know, so we're all going to be just talking about hypotheticals for the next like five months. But if Blake Corum goes to the Chargers in the second round, where does he go in one quarterback drafts? Is he 105, 104? Top five. Top five, without a doubt. But if he goes anywhere else at that same draft capital, probably the back end of the first. That's probably fair. It's just a perfect place for him because Eckler is on his last legs. We know that. But it's all going to come down to when you have your rookie draft. If you have your rookie draft before the draft, if you have it immediately like after, it's going to be two completely different values if that happens. But I think the leagues that wait on rookie drafts and have OTAs and let reports come out, even if he does get drafted there, I think Eckler's still going to do something there next season i don't know if he's off his contract or not but i think they'll end up bringing him back even if he isn't you know cheap deal xyz but i just can't imagine quorum being able to carry a full nfl workload passing pass catching blocking and running the ball so it's going to be about timing in his value i think it'll go 
it'll be low early. Then if he gets drafted there, it'll spike like crazy because of the hype, kind of like Clyde. And then it'll taper off more towards the midsummer. All right, last coach that has been hired. The Titans have hired Brian Callahan, Bengals offensive coordinator. I saw a stat. I'm sure everyone's heard it by now. Ever since the 2022 season, every single team has changed offensive coordinators in the league, which is insane. There's just no continuity at that uh, that office position. Gentlemen, obviously Henry's done. What asset are you investing in in Tennessee? I really don't find any. This is like the olden days when the New York Jets wouldn't have a guy get drafted until like the 10th round in fantasy. I, I remember those days. You know, it'd be like a late round pick. I mean, Tajay is very interesting to me, but I think he's kind of expensive. If you want cheap, you could get Traylon for dirt, like pennies on the dollar. I mean, this guy was one of three in our run quarterback draft just two years ago. Everyone was infatuated by him, by his size, by his speed. He's had Will Levis and Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry running the football. So, um, I don't know. I think Traylon's pretty interesting. I think Hop's out of there as well, but I think they add a skill position, to be honest with you. Yeah, for me, it's got to be Ty J. Spears. Like you said, though, he is pretty expensive, like way more expensive than I thought. I was going to bring him up on our last episode, the Island of Misfit Players, but you look at the dude's box score, he was explosive in spurts, but the dude will never get north of 75% of the touches there or even the snaps. So I would buy him once the Titans sign a veteran running back, honestly. All right. With that being said, we're going to head into Super Producer's favorite segment of the year. We're going to redraft the 2023 rookie class. Let's go. All right. Welcome into the 2023 redrafting of the 2023 rookie class. Gentlemen, we watched the draft together, all of us. Then we had a draft, and I think probably three out of the four players here were not in the top four drafted last year. All right, we're going to be doing half PPR, 12 teams, um, obviously dynasty, and it's going to be a standardized league where it's one quarterback, two running back, two wide receiver, tight end, and a flex position. Gentlemen, do we want to draw straws for this or who wants to go first second and third pete you you seem to struggle the most with these kind of drafts you've never won a championship so like i feel like you should probably go first oh max you're too kind i know super producer you go next and max you go third because i don't like your attitude that, that plays and in my field we'll snake it around so i will have the first and the last pick xyz all right, let's start off with the first pick. I know who I'm taking. It still makes me sick to my stomach uh, about this guy. So if anybody out there doesn't know, I think if you if your league runs off a waiver system, priority waiver system, it is archaic, but it's the way that our league does it. And I have been holding on to the number one waiver priority for a while because I thought, you know, this is a great way to get a player that is actually going to be really good that hops on waivers. I remember after, I think it was week one, I was like, this guy is electric. I got to have him. And I looked and he got picked up the week before by a random guy in our league. I was so upset, so mad. I was going to use my waiver prio on him. One-on-one, I'm going Puka Nakua. Somebody, some people out there can tell me I'm cracked. Some people can tell me I'm crazy. Cooper Cup is getting old, and he has shown that he is legit. Puka is legit. Even when Cup was not there, he was putting up numbers. He's not a Juju Smith-Schuster who is an A-B merchant. So I think longevity-wise, Puka Nakua is my guy. I just want it to be noted here, actually. Mr. C picked up Puka Nakua on June 12th, 2023. Mr. C kept Puka Nakua on his team for quite some while. And then Mr. C offered me a trade where I thought he was high on the kites, I guess you could say, for the listeners out there. It was Puka Nakua and a 24 second for a 26 second. I got to get the earlier pick and Puka Nakua, uh, and then I slammed it. And then Puka was on my team. 
leading up to the draft or leading up to the season. And then before the season started, I did end up trading Puka Nakua. Uh, Puka Nakua and three second rounders for Anthony Richardson. I thought Puka was going to be a nobody. Obviously, no one hurts, but Mason does own him now. And I love the pick, Pete. Maybe Mandela effect. I thought he was on waivers in our league. I must be incorrect, but I'm still holding on to that number one waiver prize. This is three years running. I'm just waiting for my guy. I'm waiting for for that angel to pop out of the dust. I think yep. you missed your chance, PJ. Puka seemed to be the one. I, it is crazy. He had, I think I saw a stat, the only uh, rookie wide receivers that had a higher points per game than him were Odell Beckham Jr. and Jamar Chase. That's the end of the list. So Puka, I mean, he's he's probably top five. For, he's probably top five dino wide receiver. 100%. Yeah, he, he's up there. I don't know if top five. I, I think I'd rather have some some other guys in there, but like he's he's without a doubt top eight to ten. Eight to ten. You can't name five better than him. I could name probably five guys I'd want more than him. I'm waiting. I'd rather Jefferson, Chase. Okay. okay. I'd rather Garrett Wilson. I'd rather Dynasty Lens. I'd probably CD? rather Marvin Harrison Jr., CD. So, like, he's not top five, but he's without a doubt top ten and on the earlier side of ten. You can't put Garrett Wilson ahead of him. Garrett Wilson's had two seasons to do what he can do, and he hasn't proven it. I don't care who his quarterback is. That's the same the narrative that DJ Moore's had for years. Um, and Marvin DJ Moore Harrison, had a top 10 season this year when he yeah, finally sure. him, got out of a horrible years. place. Took him six years. Uh, Marvin Harrison hasn't played a snap yet, so I don't think we can put him top five. Uh, CeeDee Lamb, yes. I think A.J. Brown you can make an argument for, but I think that five, six range is pretty fair. I think to put him in then even the top 10 is disrespectful. All right, let's keep moving on. Super producer, who's your 102? This one's tough. But I'm definitely still gonna have to go B. John Robinson. I'm I'm still a believer. I know PJ was saying, oh, it's crazy. I we are looking at uh keep trade cuts value chart for the rookies. So that's kind of we have the player pool based off of that. I still think Bijan, you know, he's uber talented. He's the workhorse back that everybody wants him to be, other than Arthur Smith. I, obviously, Gibbs had a phenomenal season. He looks amazing. I can see the argument for him over Bijan, but in half PPR, I'm still going to go Bijan because he's going to get, I mean, you would assume more carries uh, than Jameer Gibbs. So I'll just stick with Bijan here. It's a good pick, Mr. C. It's a really good Yeah, pick. there's nothing wrong, nothing flashy. Doesn't excite me, but Bijan, we can only hope that they figure something out with him to really utilize him. Mr. Max, you're up next, 103. I think there's two different ways you could go here. Mm-hmm. You could go cool. with a position that really doesn't have a lot of utilization. Or you could go with a different position that has a lot of utilization. Let's see what you do. I think the, both these guys are on the same team, too. They are, Pete. They are. Um, man. I think I'm going to go Jameer Gibbs, to be honest with you. I I think that um, one, his draft capital was higher, which is great. But just seeing him being involved in that offense and like what he can do, and I don't think David Montgomery is going to be there for a long time. And honestly, towards the end of the season, they made a good one-two punch. And Jameer Gibbs, I mean, just getting passing down work, running work, all that. He's a very, very good player. Um, It was between him and Sam Laporta, but I feel like tight end, there's McBride, there's Pitts, there's Andrews, there's Kelsey, there's Hawkinson, there's, I mean, you name it. Like, I feel like I would rather just, I'd rather just take the running back because those are really hard to find in Dynasty, especially a young guy like Jameer. Yeah. I mean, love the Jameer Gibbs pick. It was, I, dude, I wish I could have bought more at the beginning of the season when he was playing like absolute dirt. They weren't really utilizing him and he was banged up a little bit. I tried to send some offers out, really didn't get any, any bites, honestly. But, I mean, the dude's arguably dynasty running back one. I mean, you could see the argument there for it other than his uh, the workload split there. But he's electric man, full PPR. I mean, this is half PPR, but in full PPR, I mean, he's going to be a goat for probably like five or six years. I think he's a lockstep over Bijan in full PPR right now, where we are right now. Whether or not that's the same case a year from now, we don't know. Uh, but I think right now it, he has to be 
over over Bijan in, in full PPR. I would agree with that statement. Are we snaking, Peter? We are snaking. So you're back up. So uh, now I know who you're going to take here too. Yeah, I am going to take Sam Laporta. I mean, if this was like an actual draft and like I had picked three, like I don't know. Like I just think this is the order it should go. Um, most people don't have picked three and four, but I'd still feel comfortable rolling out Sam Laporta and Gibbs every game, um, just given the offense and the firepower there. So I would say that Sam Laporta is probably tight end one. I think we can all agree on that. And he's 23 years old, so the sky's the limit for him. He was very involved in that offense, had a great rookie season. And, I mean, I don't know if his value can get much higher, but I think that he's a pretty solid player for him. Yeah, I don't. I really don't know if his value can go much higher. I think it can probably grow by maybe a first-round pick extra if he does it again next year. So I think, like, right now he's probably slated at – you know, if uh, Mark Andrews is going for like two, two and a half, I think he's probably slated right around there. Um, but I could see if he has a breakout monster season, I can see him being worth three, three and a half first. Like what we saw that early Kyle Pitts hype, I can see him actually being that valuable. I I just can't get behind it. Even at two and a half first, I feel like that's got to be his absolute value cap, especially I, in the scoring. Like if you're looking at different scoring uh, settings and stuff, if it's non tight end premium, I will never pay more than probably two first for him. I mean, in tight end premium, I can understand like maybe saying three first, but that means that he's going to be tight end one or two for the next five or six years. If you're going to pay three first for him. Like the way yeah, the way I look it. at it, five or six years down the road, he's not even thirty. He's not even sniffing thirty five or six years down the road, and that's why, like that built-in value is that he is proving it at such a young age. You're sure. not buying value; you're buying age and value. No, I understand that. I it's just saying like the value, especially if you're going to be playing in a tight end premium league. I get that. Most tight end premium leagues are probably going to be super flex as well. So to pay three super flex firsts and tight end premium, I I don't know. I that's where I kind of draw the line. But I do see the hype though. I mean, the dude's putting up a monster year as a rookie, so I get it. He had a good year, but, but yeah, I'm with Nick C on this one. I paid three first for Kyle Pitts. It really has screwed me over, honestly, in the long haul. And I mean, you can why would I pay three first for Sam Porter's twenty three when I could pay one first, maybe one and a half for Kyle Pitts, like half the price for Kyle Pitts. Like I get Kyle Pitts hasn't done anything, but they're both the same age and they both play tight end. Um, unless you're, unless you're telling me Sam Laporte is literally going to be Travis Kelsey 2.0, then I'm out. All right, let's keep moving forward. Super producer in the snake. You're up here at the one Oh five. This one is an interesting pick and I'm just going to let my bias show here. I'm going to pick Rasheed Rice at 105 over guys on the board still like Jordan Addison, Tank Dell, uh, Devon A. Chain, Zay Flowers. Those are kind of the guys that are still left over. I'm still bought into the Rasheed hype. You know, I could get burned with this one, but I think he's the best available, obviously, because I'm picking him right here. Uh, I do like him over Addison even. I know PJ is probably going to go there next because I saw him pencil it in early a little bit, but... Hey man, I, I'll just take the guy on uh, the Patrick Mahomes team. <laughs> that's my analysis right there. Yeah, that's fair. I just don't know if he's the answer in Kansas City, and that's what scares me because we know Mahomes really doesn't have a large passing pie. I I think there's not a lot of players that are fantasy relevant week to week in that offense. I think Pacheco and a running back is always relevant. Kelsey, for the most part, over his whole career has been relevant. And then it's been one receiver given the week has been fantasy relevant. And I don't know if Rasheed is the answer to that. So if they bring in another receiver, they do X, Y, Z. I don't know if it's that like ceiling is going to be there for Rasheed, but it might be. He's been playing really well. He's proven me wrong a million percent. I'd be more comfortable taking him in the seven, eight range, but that's just me. I love the pick, Mr. C. He's put up some really, really solid numbers and, the only way I see his value going down is if they add a big wide receiver this offseason. All right. So at the 106, I gave Mr. C a little hezzy hay, gave him a little pump fake. I'm not going to be going with Jordan Addison. I love Jordan Addison so much. But the situation is scaring me in Minnesota. Kirk Cousins 
comes back, he's older. It just it's just not good juju and vibes as the wide receiver two behind Jefferson. A full season of healthy Jefferson as well. Um, I'm gonna take the guy coming off the almost broken, not almost fully broken leg. I'm taking Tank Dell, and that says a lot for me. It, it's very hard to admit uh mistakes, but I was not the biggest Tank Dell guy forever. I thought he was just hype or CJ Stroud wasn't gonna be good enough, XYZ. But watching the tape. And watching C.J. Stroud play this year, even if he does have more slump, as they call it, I still think Tank Dell puts up a top 24 season at a super young age, which is as easily safe as it can possibly be. And the worst thing that can possibly happen is getting a rookie quarterback up there in Minnesota with Jordan Addison being able to force feed the ball to Hawkinson and Jefferson and Addison. All right, and then we'll snake it back around to me at the 107. I look at the field, I think there's an actual cause for concern between A-Chan and Addison. I think there's a lot of people out there that would take A-Chan here, but I will take Jordan Addison as well. There's one thing that I cannot stand, and that's players that don't play. Players that don't play kill me. I'm sure Mr. Max at his next pick is going to take a certain quarterback that he absolutely loves. And I can't invest in any player that does not play and their body is not built for the NFL. That's why it took me a while to come around on Smitty um, and some of those lighter wide receivers that look like they're going to get bent in half every play. So I will take Jordan Addison here uh, over Devon Achan. And then just per my my last argument, he was great. He won the Blitnikoff in college. Uh, but it is a little bit scary what's going on there in Minnesota. If Kirk signs and looks good next year, his value stays or even increases. I think right now he's probably worth like a first and a half, maybe two if you're looking at later firsts, uh, later to mid first. But I absolutely love Addison here. Addison's interesting. He, he's, I don't know, the injuries obviously helped him and stuff like that. He had a couple of deep ball touchdowns. I think Addison's fine. I don't, I think there's better out there, Pete, to be honest with you. I'm I'm not super bought into Addison either. Um, there's probably still two guys on the board that I would take over him, so I'm more than elated to to make my next pick here. And I'll just run to the podium and say Devon A Chain. Yep. I mean that that's what Peter was talking about. I get he's banged up. He's a small guy. You can't predict injuries in fantasy football. I mean that's how you miss out on a CMC full season where he's RB one or something like that. So A Chain. You know, he's showed that he's a game breaker. He's on that offense in Miami. They're probably not going to be slowing down this next season. I'll just roll with it. And if Mostert's out of there, like we talked about a couple episodes ago, this guy's value is going to go through the roof in the offseason, and I'll be here for it. My my thing is it's not about injuries because injuries happen. It's about consistent small injuries. And that's what kills me with the guy that Max is going to take later. Uh, and it's what kills me with A-Chan is it's it's not that he tore his ACL. And that's just unfortunate because that's like a freak injury. That just happens to players. And those guys are just snake bit. But it's the little nagging injuries where he gets the ball, you know, five or six or seven or eight times a game and can't finish a full season due to multiple injuries. That's what scares me. But at the end of the day, he's a nuke shot. So if he can get in the gym, he's only a rookie. They can get him on a nice plan to beef him up and get his body weight up. Maybe lose like a tiny little bit of burst off of it. I could look like a fool and he could be a top three pick if we reevaluate this class a year from now. Yeah, Pete. I mean, that's just this is the decisions that I think go in. And I mean, this is why you don't have a championship. And it's, it's sad to see, but taking guys like Jordan Addison over eight chain is just 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 make your next two picks. <laughs> I'm gonna use your last um, two picks, Mr. Max. You think? Yeah, they are. All right. Pick number nine and pick number 10. So I'm at nine and 10 here. I think this guy should be higher. I'm going to go Dalton Kincaid. What he was he did have do, a great year. He he had a really, really solid year. And it's, it's like, why would I pay three first for Sam Laporta when I can go out and pay one and a half, two first, like a whole first less for Dalton Kincaid, who arguably has a better quarterback, a better offense, and going to be a focal point there next year when Stefan Baby Diggs leaves. I don't know. It's a good point, Mr. Max. He did have a great season. The only thing is Dawson Dawson Knox like eating into his targets, which would stink. We saw him feast when Knox wasn't there. 
Yes, we did. And Knox still does have a year on his deal. But I just think his talent, they took him in the first round, everything like that. I think he's a home run pick. No, that's great value, man, honestly. And, I, you know, I really liked Kincaid in the draft process. And I, I wish I had more, but I don't think I own him in a single league out of my, like, 10 leagues, <laughs> sadly. But I might try to buy this offseason. Maybe there's going to be some kind of post-hype buy window uh just with Knox coming back and everything like that I do agree with what you said though Max I mean if you want a younger tight end it'll definitely be a cheaper option than some of these guys like McBride and yeah exactly all right Mr. Max you're up at the 110 here your last pick you gotta take him here I'm probably gonna take him man like why would I not take him I like I'm gonna go Anthony Richardson here Peter's going to call me a psycho, a sick man in the head. You call me whatever you want. Peter says that his, he's not built for the NFL. I think that's blasphemy. I think Peter doesn't even know what numbers are. He has the same exact build. He's actually bigger than Josh Allen. And if he's not built for the NFL, then I guess Josh Allen's not built for the NFL, Pete. But No, Josh I Allen just, is because Josh Allen actually plays and gets hit and plays. Anthony Richardson gets hit and crumbles. But it's okay. I like to value here at 110. He's worth a first rounder. I think that his, I mean, just look at his stats. Like I've been looking at these so often because the numbers he put up there, QB four and QB two in his two healthy starts. He had four rushing touchdowns in two and a half games. I get that's not sustainable throughout the whole season, but this guy is going to be a menace on the ground. He's going to be a menace. And it's in the air. I think they franchise tag Pittman. I think he has a great coaching staff around him. They got Taylor. They got that offensive line. I love Anthony Richardson, man. It's okay. Let it out, man. Just let it out. You know, you've been you've been suppressing this a long time. You know, you've been you've had feelings for Anthony for a long time and you suppressed them. Now let him out. I have. Like, I think Anthony's a great player. Like, there's only a couple quarterbacks. I'd rather have Mahomes. I'd rather have Jalen Hurts. I'd rather have Josh Allen. And that's probably it to me, for, for honestly. That is probably it. Oh, I get it. I PJ is starting to bring me back down to earth. I was just looking at Anthony Richardson's college stats and just his game, his game log and like how many games he played in 2020, played four games, 2021 played eight games, and then 2022 played 12 games. And then this past year plays three games or four games. That is tough. And like I said, I mean, I'm talking about HN like, you got to go for the nuke shot. So like, I'm not going to, I'm not like coming down on the pick at all. Like I think Richardson's great. He has the upside to be a league winner. Like if he's healthy all full season, he's a top five quarterback easily, easily. So I get that, but I, I am starting to have some hesitancy. Like when it comes to ranking him up with these other top end guys to put him in the, like the top four, I think is wild to me, honestly. It's just the yeah, Russian side. It's just the – I mean, maybe I put Lamar over him too. I Look, Max, if you want your lottery ticket, that's fine. And you could say he's a lottery ticket, but that's all that he is right now. He's not a lottery ticket. We've seen him through two top five finishes in three games. He was a top five draft pick. He has the weapons around him. He has the coaching staff around him. He has the build. He has the ability. He has the agility. He's a freak athlete. Does he have the health? Peter, who the frick knows, man? I mean, are you think they're going to Indianapolis? I do. All he's ever been is hurt his whole career. That's not true. He played four, then eight, then 12 games. When it matters, he plays the games. You think Indy's going to rush him back from a torn labrum and say, hey, buddy, you keep playing on this? No, Peter. I don't think a quarterback could play on a torn labrum, but it's okay. Well, Baker did. Yeah, and he's stupid too. Exactly, Peter. So what do you want? You want Anthony Richardson to play or you don't? I want him. I just want him not to get hurt. That's that's what I want. And look, Max, at the end of the day, I could be wrong. And your lottery, you could hold that lottery ticket up and you could, you know, just flash it right in my face. I think it's a great pick for the value here at 110. It's a late first round pick. What were you expecting? Who else are you going to take? Some wide receiver that doesn't pan out X, Y, Z. What what gets uh, mixed up in the re-rankings is these guys all have basically determined values. But in when we actually draft, we have no idea. But I love Richardson here. If you're able to, if you were able to grab him at the 110, I love him. I absolutely do. I think he's great. But it's it's not like he is some trans transcendental quarterback that 
has already proved himself in the league. He needs to be able to hold up, and he has not held up in college or in the pros. I agree, but when he does, Pete... And it's not it's not about the torn labrum, and I mentioned it earlier. It's not about one injury. One injury happens. Guys break their arms. Guys tear their ACL. It's football. It happens. Brock Purdy in the championship game. I hate Brock Purdy. He just got his elbow snapped weird and tore his UCL. It happens. But to get nagging injuries and constantly get pulled out of the game and always be hurt and can't take those hits, that's the problem. All right, Super Producer, after a hot argument, hit us with the 111. All right, I got one here, and this is a fun one because there's an argument for another player here, but I'm just going to go with JSN. I feel like the value is too good at 111 to pick JSN, who was arguably a top three pick probably in one quarterback rookie drafts. I get the production wasn't there. I think the most important thing, the Seattle Seahawks are a little bit uh, over the cap for this next season. And Tyler Lockett, it seems like this dude will never go away. He's 32 years old, but his cap hit is $16 million this upcoming season. I think that could be an easy out for the Seahawks to kind of get him out of there, especially whenever they get a new head coach in there. It could be just a changing of the guard at wide receiver, and I would be willing to buy that for 111 because once Tyler Lockett's out of there, JSN is just going to skyrocket, and you know that the talent is there. He just didn't have that opportunity in a crowded wide receiver room, so I feel like this is the ultimate upside pick at 111. I love this pick. I was debating him too, honestly. I mean, this guy coming out of college is just a machine. I get it. Who even knows if Geno Smith will be the quarterback? He showed flashes this year. He's a very talented player. I love this pick. Yeah, I think JSN has a great future ahead of him. I would buy on the dip. I think you could probably get him for 201 in some leagues. I, I doubt you're able to like pull that off in most leagues, but in some leagues, if some guys are really desperate at a certain position and they need draft capital to go get it, I could see it go through. I think a lot of these guys in the first round here are worth a first, quote-unquote, just because of the way the value shakes out. This rookie class was actually really good in retrospect. Like, we have a full first round of players that could start on any given team. Uh, But I I really, really, really like him moving forward. I think if you could get him for 201, essentially a first, I, I think that's a home run slam dunk kind of deal. All right, I will round out the draft. I have a problem here. I either have to go C.J. Stroud or Zay Flowers. I know Mr. Max, we've already had our scuttle, but that we get on once every episode. You and I kind of, you know, bat horns at each other. Uh, Like we're a couple of Rams going at it, but I got to hit you with it again. Zay Flowers, not convinced with him to put him here. I'd rather C.J. Stroud and know that he's probably going to be good for the next, let's say, 10 years. 10, 12 years at quarterback and just have that position completely locked down with 112, which is quote unquote, essentially a second round pick uh, to lock down your quarterback room uh, here at 112. I like the pick. I do think CJ Stroud's probably the play here over Zay. I mean, Stroud had a tremendous rookie season. I really like him. I seen ranks as high as having CJ Stroud as a top three dynasty quarterback. Um, That's insane. It's crazy. I've seen him up there with Mahomes and Allen. I've seen him ahead of Hertz. I've seen him had him more Richardson, all those guys. Um, so, I mean, just what he's able to do, the yards he's able to put up. You get Tank Dell back. You get Nico Collins. They add a depth wide receiver like Brandon Cooks, I guess, back. Who knows, man? Yeah, Shroud is definitely the pick here. That's the most safe play. Like you said, Zay Flowers, the volume just isn't there. You know, he produced in a couple, like, big plays this season. But just go with the sure thing at 112. And like you said, just lock down that quarterback, even though it is one quarterback, you know, those guys still matter if you can get one of the top end guys there. All right. We're going to wrap up the segment here. First, we wanted to give you where we drafted them today versus where they went in our most important dynasty league. So the first number I'm going to say is where they went today. Next number is where they went in our most important dynasty league this past spring. Pukunakua goes 101, but was undrafted back in the day. At 102, we had Bijan here. He was the 101. The 103 today, Jameer Gibbs, he was the 102. This is our first big shaker outside of Puka. 104, Sam Laporta, he was the 304. 
Rasheed Rice, we have a 105. He was the 209. Tank Dell at 106. He was the 208. Jordan Addison is the 107. He was the 105. Devon Achan at 108. He was the 110. Dalton Kincaid stays even, 109 to 109. And Anthony Richardson, 110. He was 112. Jackson Smith and Jigma in Jigba at 111. He was 103. And CJ Stroud. We took him at 112. He was the 301 in our draft back in the spring. Gentlemen, great job wrapping up. Anything before we go? I'm trying to think. I think that was a really good episode. It really is fun to me. Like I said, this is probably my favorite episode um, of the year, kind of just looking at how these rookie values change and fluctuate. I think the most important thing that I learned this past rookie cycle was with Puka and it's, you know, you have these guys and it just puts more hype. I know you guys hate it into my third round picks that I love to buy everything like that, but third and fourth round picks where just find a guy that you like and say, okay, I'm going to get him in a handful of spots. He might be free, pick him up off waivers. Who cares? You can end up dropping them after the first week or two, but just find some of those deep, deep guys. And if you're in deep leagues and, you know, just ride with them. Uh, you know, PJ had AT Perry and he scored 20 points in the final se- game of the season. So he, he I'll, I'll still buy. I'll always buy. All right. That's going to send us on our merry way. Give us a follow on Twitter at dynasty monarchy over there on the X machine or Twitter, or whatever you want to call it these days. Again, dynasty monarchy at D Y N A S T Y M O N A R C H Y. All right. Thank you again for listening, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast. Fancy some fantasy advice? Tweet or DM at Dynasty Monarchy on Twitter. Until next time, farewell, my fellow kings and queens.